So much of modern motherhood is spent wishing we were doing better, whether we're comparing ourselves to other moms or to the ideal mom we assumed we'd be before we had kids. But this wishing takes us further and further away from joy, and it stops us from being the mom we want to be. I'm Rebecca Brownwright, and I'm here to help you focus on connection, because connecting more deeply with yourself and with your kids will help you forget about mom comparisons. Connection will help you resolve behavior issues with your kids, and connection will help you live a life full of real joy, because that's what you and your kids deserve. Pause and connect with me for a moment to listen to discussions about connection and motherhood, finding your purpose, smashing cultural narratives, and so much more. This is Pause and Connect. Hello, and welcome to Pause and Connect. I'm Rebecca Brownwright, and this is episode 16, When Parenting is Painful. So an interesting thing has happened since I've started this podcast. Sometimes I know exactly what I want to talk about, but then a different topic butts into my head and it wiggles around and it makes itself really comfortable in there. And that's what happened today. I had another topic in mind, but this one wouldn't leave me alone. So I've decided to go with it because I just kind of trust that feeling. I have a feeling that if it's this topic is gnawing at my own brain, then it's something that needs to be said. Maybe it's just for me, maybe it's for you. Um, I'd love to know if this resonates with you. So when parenting is painful, that's, that's the subject here. And oof, right? <laughs> we've all felt like we're terrible at parenting. We've all felt like we're ruining our children. We've all felt like we've ruined them already and there's no going back. We've all felt overcome and overwhelmed. And the extra tricky thing about this feeling is that there isn't really anywhere to go. It's not like you can quit your parenting job. <laughs> it's not like you can find someone better to do it. You're in it. You're in it for the long haul, and that can make the pain feel even more overwhelming. So I want to share a few thoughts on how to reframe things for when you're in this place, and then as well as some proactive steps that you can take to move yourself through this place of pain and come out the other side to a place where you can feel a little bit better, a little bit more forgiving of yourself. Now, I'm not an expert on you at all, and my thoughts and advice may not apply with 100% accuracy to what you're going through and what you're feeling. But I do know that when you're actively seeking information on a topic, that your mind can expand to let in your own revelation about that topic. So the things that I have to say today may or may not be exactly what you need to hear, but the thoughts that are going to pop into your mind as you're listening are definitely what you need to hear. So let your mind feel open and inspired as you listen to this episode and write down impressions that come to you because those are, those are for you. So first, you're not alone. I want to say that as the very first thought on this subject. If parenting is painful for you, you're not alone. If you have little kids and you feel trapped, you're not alone. If you have teenagers or adult children who won't talk to you, you're not alone. If you have children with behaviors that are so beyond your understanding, you're not alone. This little bit of knowledge that countless other parents are going through the same thing as you can be so refreshing and helpful. When my oldest was maybe four or five, I couldn't get her to listen to me for anything. I mean, she heard me, but there was always an argument. Always. <laughs> I used to say that if I offered her cookies for dinner, she would have argued her way out of that treat just because she was programmed to argue with me. Now it worried me so much because I couldn't get her to react to me in real time since she always had to argue first. So I was really terrified that she might one day run into the street 
and that maybe I'd yell at her to stop and then she'd turn around and argue with me right in the path of a car. That that was a real fear I had. And, and in fact, it even sort of happened a few times. Like maybe we were outside and we were talking or arguing because there was so much arguing. I grab her hand to pull her out of danger. And then instead of realizing that I had just saved her life, she would give me a crusty look or start arguing about why I grabbed her hand. So this was really stressful. And real quick while I'm talking about this, I just want to put in a plug for my program. It's called How to Stop Yelling. You can get it on my website, rebeccabrownwright.com. Because I was a huge yeller during this time and I learned how to stop and I learned how to get my daughter to listen to me and we fixed our relationship. So if you're struggling with this, check out my program. I'll put the link in my show notes. Okay, but anyway, back to the time before I knew how to stop yelling. I remember sitting in my living room with these two nice old ladies from church. They would come to check on me every month and we'd have a little chat. Sometimes they brought treats and we would catch up. And then they often asked about my kids. So I remember one time when I decided to open up about this challenge I was having and ask them for advice because these were two women who had raised their children to adulthood already. So I thought they they might know how to help me about this arguing and how I can't I can't get my child to just listen to me without a fight. And they just looked at me with blank faces. And one of them said, huh, I didn't really have behavior problems with my kids. And it felt like such a slap in the face because it was already hard to be vulnerable and admit that I was having a hard time with my child, right? So that was not the the answer I thought I was going to get. But I'm not really someone who can shut up about my life, for better or for worse. So I shared about my struggles with other women. And over time, I found that other women had been there. And once I figured the problem out, I decided to be one of those other women and share it so that people who are in the same place can can understand. So I tell you this to again tell you that you're not alone. That woman in my living room, (laughs) she either had perfect children or a terrible memory. And I'm guessing that it was a terrible memory. Now, she wasn't the right person for me to unload to. And if I had stopped there, I might have felt just terrible about this for the rest of my life, right? But there were plenty of other people out there who could hear me and who could understand me. And so once I figured that out, it was easier to handle this problem. And I want to tell you that if you think your situation is unique, it's not. If you think nobody will get you, that's not true. You may have to go through a couple nice old ladies in your living room before you find the one who understands. But people out there are going through the same things you're experiencing. Of course, details are going to be different but there's enough similarity out there that you are not alone. And I hope that helps you feel a little better, a little less painful, because it's not that you're the only one who hasn't cracked the code on parenting. No, you're part of a worldwide group who is still figuring it all out, still making mistakes and still trying their best. Now, another reason parenting can be so gosh darn painful is because of fear. We're scared of what could happen. So think back to my story of being afraid that my daughter would be hit by a car. Now, like I said, we did have a couple close calls, but that wasn't the real issue. What I was doing was I was taking each present problem. So let's say that she was arguing about whether she could watch a TV show. Okay. And then I was magnifying that present problem by fearing that she would one day get hit by a car because she was so argumentative. Now, at the time, it made sense to me to make that big leap but it really doesn't make sense, does it? I mean, sure, I needed to be careful when we were outside because she did have this challenge with arguing. But in that moment when we were arguing over a show, 
that was the only thing that needed addressing. So adding my fear that this behavior would one day lead to her getting hit by a car only magnified the argument about the show in that moment. Because now my brain had to deal with two issues. One was real, the show, and one was not, the imagined car accident. But my brain felt both of them at the same level, which made the argument about the show so much worse. Now, I think this is natural. We do this with a lot of things. If our child lies to us, we're afraid they're going to lie for the rest of their lives. We're afraid they're going to lie themselves into trouble with the law. We're, we're, we, we go so far with our fears when staying in the present moment is really what we need to do. We want our kids to be successful. We want them to feel loved. We want to feel good when we're all together. We don't want to feel pain. So when something is going wrong in the moment, and especially when that thing tends to happen a lot, then we can fear for the future and we can turn that present moment into evidence of a future catastrophe. And then that makes us act in that moment as if we have to solve this problem no matter what. So it makes us feel a lot of pain for, for how our children are behaving or how our relationship is going in this moment because we, we interpret it as evidence of all of these future catastrophes. So learning to focus on the issue at hand can help us with this fear. It can also help to catch ourselves when we start to go to the future and feel that fear for all the things that can go wrong. So just do a simple shake of your brain, just shake your head and say, I'm spiraling because of fear. I need to focus on now. That can be so helpful. Now it's not gonna remove all the parenting pain, of course, but it can reduce the pain you feel when you are able to focus only on this moment. And it's the same for the past too. So sometimes we think back to the past and we beat ourselves up and that adds to our parenting pain. But past you didn't know what present you knows. That's hard to handle sometimes because it's really hard to look back at our mistakes. But as you focus on the present, you can avoid some of those painful spirals. You don't have to look at what's happening right now and say, oh, this is happening because I messed up so bad in the past. You can focus on the present and keep things in perspective. Another thing that makes parenting painful is when your child has different value systems as you. So this could be something when they're young and it's as simple as they don't care about picking up toys. And then it can be something huge when they're adults and maybe they leave your religion and they don't have the same religious beliefs as you. And everything on that spectrum, from the picking up the toys to leaving a religion or leaving a political party or something, something that really is outside your, your value systems, everything is hard to handle because our value systems are so personal. So when our child steps outside those value systems, it can feel like a personal attack on, on one, one end, you know, like that's more of the, the extreme feeling like, oh my, this is a personal attack on me and my values. And then on the other end, where maybe it's not quite as extreme, it, it can still just be so confusing that your child is making decisions that don't make sense to your brain. And that can feel so overwhelming and even painful. One thing that helps is to, once again, simply acknowledge this phenomenon. Just like acknowledging that when you're feeling fear, um, like when you, when you acknowledge that, like what we just talked about, how that can help you cope with the present moment, acknowledging that your child doesn't care about the same thing as you do can be freeing. It may not sound like it, but it really can be. Because when you can recognize that their brain functions differently from yours, you don't have to assign values to what they're doing and what they're thinking. So what I mean by that is that when you think your way is the best way, 
So picking up toys after playing, for example, is always gonna be frustrating when your child doesn't pick up their toys. You're going to see their actions as not good, big capital not good, and your desire to have the toys picked up as capital good, right? You're assigning value to that. But if you can recognize that their values are different, you don't have to feel so overwhelmed because now you can recognize, oh, my child isn't bad because they don't wanna pick up the toys and you don't have to fix the whole person of them. You can let go of that, that feeling that you have to fix your child. Now you, you can of course still teach your child how to keep things tidy in this scenario, but you don't have to go into this situation with hurt feelings and frustration. Instead, it's just that your child thinks differently than you and that's okay. Now for the more serious things like leaving a religion or dating someone that you don't like, you can make peace with their decisions by once again acknowledging that your child doesn't care about the same things that you do and that's okay. And then you can work to find common ground. Of course, this isn't easy, <laughs> not at all. And if your child is dating someone who's abusive, you're gonna wanna run in screaming to get them out of that situation. But as we all know, we can't. We can't change people. We can't make their decisions for them, but we can understand them. And when people and our children know that they're understood and when they feel connected, then they can come to safe conclusions on their own and make decisions that will be of benefit to them. Now I'm oversimplifying this, right? There's of course so much more to this concept than what I'm saying here, but making the decision to accept your child's value systems as valid is gonna help you feel less painful in your parenting. And as with everything I'm saying, I think this takes a lot of time and learning on our part, but just starting with that recognition, like, oh, my child has a different value system than me. That can be so helpful. So those were some reframes that are hopefully helpful. I'll sum them up really quick and then I'll share a few tips. So those reframes were one, to remind yourself that you're not alone. Even if the nice lady in your living room insists her children never did such things, there are countless people feeling the way you feel. Number two, your problems are in this moment. They aren't in the future and they aren't in the past. So thinking of the future or regretting the past causes us to parent from fear and that holds us back. Number three, you and your child have different value systems. Recognizing this can help you approach your relationship with less frustration and less pain, less of a need to change the situation. So a few tips now. One is to think of the easiest thing and begin there. So I know that may not make sense with that short sentence. So let me explain. Ask yourself what the easiest thing is for your situation with the pain in your parenting. Is it to take better care of yourself? Talk to a therapist to give your child a hug right now. Walk over and give him a hug to call or text your child, to learn a new parenting skill, to say a prayer, to make a list, to write a note to your child. What is it going to take for you to go from pain to slightly less pain? And what is going to be the easiest way to do that? Because starting with the easiest thing will help you snowball your efforts as you go. So a lot of times the easiest thing is to do something that you're already good at. Are you already a good writer? Then write a note. Are you already a good listener? Sit on your teenager's bed tonight and just let them talk. Are you already a good analyzer? Sit down and figure out why your child might be acting the way they are. Are you already a fun person? Think about how you can add fun to your relationship with your child. Do you get the idea here? Think about what comes naturally to you and then do that thing, but in a way that will strengthen your relationship with your child. So of course your child may not reciprocate with praise and love and it, it, this isn't gonna solve everything, but the thing is you will be living in your strength 
and that will help to build your confidence. It will help to reduce your parenting pain and this is so important, when you're living in your strength, it will help give you ideas for what to do next. So basically, I'm saying be the natural person you want to be, regardless of what's happened in the past. If you've been a yelling mom for years and you know there's a whole lot of fun in you that's just buried, then find a way to lead with fun. And then when you're acting in that natural state of fun, you'll be less stressed. And then that will lead to yes, less yelling. So find your strength and live in it. That's what this tip is about. The next tip is to meet your child where they are. This could be as simple as if they don't want to sit down and have a conversation, but they do want to play video games, then play video games with them. But for the more serious challenges, like if they're hurt by something you've done, acknowledge their hurt. Don't talk them out of it. Meet them where they are. Apologize. If you have a little kid with challenging behaviors, think about what makes those behaviors less challenging and then meet them there instead of trying to fix their behaviors. Meet them where they are. The point is not to bring our children up to our standards of what we think life should be like, but to recognize their own standards, their own challenges, their own struggles, their own joys and celebrations and meet them there. We can of course teach what they need to learn all along the way, but only if we're meeting them where they are. That's how the lessons get to them. So no, no matter how old or young your child is, you are always the parent and your child is always the child. Even when your child looks and acts old enough or is old enough to have adult relationships, your relationship dynamic is still parent-child. So it's still on you to meet them where they are. Of course, it would be easy if they would, could meet us where we are, but that's just not the parent-child relationship. I never want to make this sound like this should be easy. It's not. It takes a lot of humility and we'll just all get better over time as we keep trying. My next tip goes along with meeting them where they are, and that tip is to connect with your child. Of course it is. This podcast is called Pause and Connect. After all, that's everything that we're talking about here is connected parenting. When you feel pain in your parenting, that's lonely. And when you're lonely, you spiral. When we spiral, when we're lonely, we feel worse and worse about ourselves because we're living in our pain. The, the antidote to this, to pain, to loneliness, is connection. So figure out how to connect with your children, no matter their age. Keep this as a central priority in your relationship. So when your relationship is falling apart, ask yourself, how can I connect? Now this is easier when your kid is two years old, right? Because you can give them a hug and your child's going to forgive you for whatever's going on and then you can move on. It's a lot harder with a 15 year old or a grown adult and there's no one size fits all solution here. But connection as your priority will guide you to the right actions and conclusions. Because remember earlier, we talked about how we have a lot of fear in our parenting and sometimes that drives our parenting decisions. We think I can't do this thing because it's gonna then cause this to happen and this to happen and this to happen and, and my child is just gonna end up in this horrible place. But if you're focusing instead of fear on connection, if you're focusing on connection, then that, that's gonna guide you to the right actions and conclusions. So ask yourself, how can I connect? And then keep asking that and keep acting on the impressions that you get as you ask that question to yourself. Okay, my final tip is to celebrate your improvement. When parenting is painful, a lot of that is because we're feeling guilt or shame for our behavior. We make mistakes, right? And we're always gonna make mistakes. And, and sometimes it's really hard to face that and to deal with it. Or sometimes when parenting is painful, it's because we're really sad by the decisions our children are making. 
or like I've said a lot in this episode, we're afraid for their future or the future of our relationship. But there's improvement in all of this. And when you celebrate that improvement, you can feel more confident, which will help to reduce your pain. So for example, if you're feeling pain because you were too harsh on your kids for too many years, you can make a plan to be more connecting the next time something goes wrong. And then when you choose connection over harsh correction the next time, you can celebrate that you took a positive step. You can acknowledge that like, oh, like I, I used to yell in this situation and this time I chose to hug. I'm really proud of myself. I'm gonna celebrate that, that bit of improvement. That's a huge deal. Or if you're feeling pain because your teenager is making choices that are totally outside your family's value system, you can choose to focus on your child's strengths. Oh, and my last episode, episode 15, goes over to how to find your child's strengths. It's really good. I'll link to that in the show notes. But anyway, um, this is really helpful because if, if you realize that you're focusing on a strength instead of criticizing your child, you get to celebrate that. Like, oh, normally I'd be so mad that my kid is doing this, this, and this right now. But I just, I just used my brain to, to point out that my kid is so good at this, this, and this. And I complimented them on that instead of criticizing them for this other thing. I'm really proud of myself for doing that, right? Let's say you're working hard not to yell or not to respond sarcastically. It's hard not to be sarcastic sometimes, right? Um, go ahead and acknowledge each time you successfully do this. Celebrate it. It's improvement and it's valuable and it gives you confidence. The more that we recognize that we're doing better, we're making improvement, the more confidence we have. And the more confidence we have, the less parenting pain we have. Because then we're able to forgive ourselves and we're able to do better. And that's, that's what, what life is all about. Now you always have the chance to make things a little bit better, but it isn't always easy, right? But there's always a way forward, even if it's just little bit by little bit by little bit. I hope this episode has been helpful to you. Please share this on social media if you've found it to be helpful or share it with a friend. Send me a message if you're liking this. Uh, You're doing such good work. You really, really are. And thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you so much for pausing and connecting with me today. Your support seriously means the world to me. If you found this episode helpful, I want you to know I have countless other resources for you to find more connection in your motherhood and life. Head to my website, rebeccabrownwright.com to check out my blog, check out my back and forth journal for parents and kids, and take a look at Pause and Connect Academy where you can find courses to help you stop yelling, find your strengths, and finally get your kids to listen to you. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a positive review, sharing it on social media, or sharing with your friends. I love you and I want you to thrive in your motherhood and life. Thank you for being here. Now go forth and connect.